Hello, hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Brazil. I have the incredible Ashley Nicole. We're getting back into some interviewing. We're here to do some fun stuff. I am excited. Little HMB media collaboration right here. We have, as I said, Ashley Nicole. She's a sports and TV radio host. All in with Ashley Nicole on the HNB Media YouTube page, as well as on iHeartRadio on the Greek Zone weekdays at three. And an unfortunately noted Cowboys fan. Ashley, how you doing today? <laughs> I like that you put that in there, unfortunately. I'm good. I'm on a bye week, so I'm not going to be stressed this upcoming football Sunday. So I'm good. I'm, I I'm, love in, a, I'm in a good space. <laughs> you can't lose if you're on the bye. Unfortunately, the Giants play the Eagles, so you're going to be watching, um, or at least noting or paying attention to some yeah. awful awful nfc east football but we got to do what we got to do we'll figure yeah. it out one of these days hopefully one <laughs> of our teams and hopefully it's mine uh we get better again but no sincerely do appreciate you coming on excited to talk about you and your story and uh you've recently got into uh some some twitter fights with some dumb people on the <laughs> internet but it's because you're doing some cool stuff and i've found if you have haters it means you're doing something really well so we appreciate the heck out of you there ashley so i guess the first question i have for you is why sports reporting? What was it about sports reporting? What was it about TV and radio that really got you like, you know, I kind of want to sit in front of a camera and, and tell people all this information to them. So I actually, my experience in front of the camera actually came in a totally different arena when I, you know, I'm a New Yorker and growing up in New York, I was heavily involved with acting and modeling as a very young kid. So my experience in front of the camera was always there. It was just in a different arena. And for me also, being in front of the camera was kind of like an alter ego switch. So I'm naturally very reserved. I'm very much one of those people who like, if you don't talk to me, I don't mm -hmm. talk to you kind of thing. And um, when I was younger, it was really a way for me to get out of my comfort zone. And it, people were fascinated by the fact that like when the cameras were off, I was this shy like girl like sticking to her mom or people that she knew. And the minute that camera turned on me, it was like a totally different person. Um, but when I was, you know, I was young, I was like elementary school, middle school, and that takes a lot of determination and hard work going to the auditions, learning lines. And I think there was a point probably like when I got into like fourth or fifth grade, I just wanted to be a kid and I didn't really deal with the rejection of not getting auditions very well. So I kind of geared away from that. And when I was in middle school, I started watching sports with my dad and it was really just for fun, a way for us to kind of bond and hang out. And then as I started to get into high school and I started playing sports, you know, I played soccer, volleyball and basketball, those were my three sports. I really started to get into the logistics and really understanding the game and trades and all the inner workings of sports. And I remember I would get into debates in high school, like in the cafeteria with like my guy friends or my cousins and things like that. And I would like be able to hold my own. So I was like, you know what? I could like do this. And I always loved telling stories. Writing has always been my strong point. And um, I got into college and I started writing actually. I started off as a writer writing for my paper. I did football, I did basketball. And I got internships while I was in school that were really meant to teach me behind the camera. Um, things, but as I stepped, when I got to the internship, a lot of series of different events happened, mm -hmm. and I actually had to do on camera stuff for them because my boss at the time, I started off in entertainment actually, he stepped away because unfortunately he got um, melanoma and he had to step away from his position. And he was the guy, it was only one guy, it was a very small station, he was the guy. So they asked me, Ashley, can you, you know, report? 
And I was like, yeah, sure, I can do it. Never done it before. But I was like, this is the time to either sink or swim. And from there, I just kind of continued to progress. And then I got into sports once I graduated college. I got to work with NBC down here in Miami. And that's kind of where it started. I love it. That is awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of cool. to. I always love to see the path and how people get to where they get yeah. to, right? Like, I, I know where you are now. I've been following you for the last few months, obviously, both of us being a part of the HMB page. I love you, you, the content that you're putting out there, obviously. A little too much Cowboys, but hey, you, you're <laughs> team. I understand. You got to do what you got to do. But really, when it comes to NBA and NFL, you're very knowledgeable. You know what you're talking about. And it is really cool to see and, and, and now understand a little bit more of how you got there, right? I always kind of like how this sausages made. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I appreciate that backstory a little bit. And I guess, um, you know, it stinks that your station boss got melanoma, but it obviously turned into a pot. He's okay now, right? Like, let's yeah, he, confirm he that. Totally, yeah, yeah, he totally good. recovered and he's he's good now. But, you know, you have to go through the series of yeah. remission and, and, you know, therapy and that whole thing. So it takes some well, time away. Yeah. But he's fine and you're here and that's all that matters. So it's a good thing. Take a negative, turn it into a positive and you exactly. reign with it. I really do like that. And so I think it's interesting, as you said, you know, you were on the ca- on camera at a very young age. You then kind of got away from it. Was it easy for you to kind of snap your fingers and be like, oh, I remember what it was like being in front of a camera again. Was that kind of something that it's almost like riding a bike? You don't really forget how that happens. Yeah, it's. For me, like I said, it, it's a weird thing because it's almost like a completely different person. You know, I compare it to how Beyonce has like Sasha Fierce and then there's regular Beyonce. I regular, com- regular Comparing Beyonce. yourself to Beyonce um, already five <laughs> minutes in. I love it, Ashley. Let's do it. I um, For me, it's a, it's a comfort thing. I've always been more comfortable speaking in front of a huge crowd. You know, I spoke at my fifth grade graduation. I spoke at my middle school graduation, my high school graduation. I mean, for me, public speaking and being, you know, at the focus of a bunch of people has always been more comforting and more relaxing to me than being on like a one-on-one environment with somebody like in my face. And like on a personal note, I can interview somebody one-on-one, no problem. But if I'm like having a one-on-one conversation, like if I'm on a date, I'm like nervous. You know what I mean? So it's, it's for me, it was like going back into my comfort space. So it wasn't a hard transition at all. That is pretty cool. Yeah, look at yeah. that. It's like riding a bike. I recently found out within the last couple of years that I love being on camera. I had no idea until I started doing it. I was like, wait, this shit's awesome. Let's keep doing yeah. this. More. So <laughs> the more I do it, the more I enjoy it. Hopefully, the better I keep getting at it. So uh, we'll see what that's like. So, you know, as we were talking about before, you have the content that's coming out on HMB All In with Ashley Nicole. As you said, you started with NBC. What happened? What was the what happened in between there? How long were you at NBC for? What were some of the other stops and other jobs that you had along the way? So NBC was my first big gig out of college. It was my first real job, if you will. Um, I worked on a youth football show called Generation Next, and we covered all of the youth football programs down here in South Florida, which are huge. I mean, I didn't realize how big, you know, coming from New York, it's not a football state. We're predominantly basketball. So coming Mm -hmm. to, to the South and, you know, seeing how big Pop Warner football is down here was a totally different experience for me, but it gave me the opportunity to be on the sidelines and to report and to have that experience and to get coaches at halftime and after the game and before the game gave me that whole experience and eventually gave me the experience to host the show like in studio at NBC. So I did that for a couple of seasons. I was actually the last reporter before the show went off the air. A lot of people came out of that. Um, Joy Taylor was once part of that show. Um, MJ Acosta, who's now on the NFL network was once part of that show. Mm -hmm. 
Amina Smith, who's in at Stadium, was once part. So a lot of names have come out of that show, and I was the last one there. And when the show ended, it was um, it was hard because I didn't know, you know, I was on such a high, you know, coming out of college, and from there I was able to work also with Fox and um, do the Orange Bowl with Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson was in that. Um, that Orange Bowl, I was able to interview Pat Riley, like some of the greatest experiences that I've had so far in my career came from that. So when it was gone, I was like, okay, now what? Yeah. So um, I did, you know, some things in between there. I was still relatively young when the show ended, I was 22. So it was still trying to figure it out and, you know, working like regular jobs while I was trying to figure it out. And then I started getting into documentaries and while working in the documentary field in sports documentaries, um, one of them was actually nominated for a couple of awards down here locally, which led me to iHeart. And I went there to promote my film and the higher ups were listening that day. They said, who is this girl that, you know, was just kind of going back and forth with the host and it was good energy. And from there they asked me, have you ever thought about like doing radio? And anybody who's worked in TV is like, no, I've never thought about doing radio. Like I'm, hello, TV. But I was in a space where I wasn't working in my field and I wasn't getting any younger. I mean, I wasn't old. I was 24. At this I was going to say, yeah, you're not that yeah. old, right? I was like, tw- no, actually, I was 25 at this point. I wasn't old. So, like, I was like, yeah, why not? Like, let's do it. And that's kind of where it led me to where I am right now. That is awesome. And yeah, yeah I think I think people tell me I do have a face for radio. So I'm cool. with that. like, That's not a big deal for me. I actually really like talking into a microphone. So but um, no, I think it is, it is really cool. And as you said, so you are working at iHeartRadio. You have a, a weekday show at three o'clock, right? The Greek Zone. Tell me a little yeah. bit about that. What exactly is it? And what's it like having a daily show, especially I, w- I want to ask about the pandemic in a minute. But t- tell me a little bit about your show and kind of, you know, what you do, what you cover and, and what's it about? So my host, he's the host of the show, Greek. He's an amazing guy down here in South Florida. He's actually a fellow New Yorker also. Um, The show basically just covers all topics of sports. Obviously, there's a focus on local sports down here in Miami, but all topics. If it's trending, you talk about it. He's also a big better when it comes to, you know, sports gambling and things like that. So he's always giving his predictions, and he's actually really good at He's won a lot of cash. There we go. So... Um, it's just about really just my thoughts, his thoughts, bantering, debating, everything respectfully also. And, you know, having a show every single day, it's fun. It gives you a platform to share your thoughts and your opinions. And on top of that, I mean, you're doing it. I love the guys that I work with, you know, Ricardo and Greek and Ricardo is the show producer and they're amazing people. So it just makes it even more fun to go into work and, and to speak with them and, um, have the debates and we don't always agree, but it's always a good time. So yeah, where's the fun if we agree on everything, right? Yeah, Come on. Right? I mean, we don't need to be, you know, Skip and Shannon or anything, but where's the fun if we agree on everything? Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. and, th- and then with that, so as you said, it's a daily show and there was, you know, a few months where we didn't have sports and there's really only one or two things to talk about. What was that like being in it, right? So I am, uh, and Win Daily, we have a, a Sirius XM show, but it's only two days a week. It's Saturdays and Sundays. We can kind of get through talking about, you know, a few things. I think we did a pretty solid job during the pandemic, but what was it like every single day having to show up, getting to show up, I apologize, getting to show up to work, something you, you love 
But really, like after like three months of like, all right, like yeah. I guess the NBA is coming back. Like we could keep talking about that. What? How were you able to get through it? And and how were you able to utilize your personality and the relationships that you had on the show to really be able to kind of springboard you forward to continue to uh, you know crush what you're doing now? It was a really weird space to be in because, like you said, there was really nothing to talk about. So it was probably the most creative that we've had to be as a team at that moment in time because you really have to take, you know, whatever morsels of like rumors and news that there is, but you also have to fill it with other things. So, I mean, mm -hmm. we started to get creative and do like best baseball movies and you rank them. And, yeah. I mean, there was other things that we can do that were sports related that necessarily weren't current. Um, but you know, some of the, some big things did happen during that period of time, you know, DeAndre Hopkins got traded. It was the Cam Newton to the Patriots. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a, a, a blessing, a godsend, if you will, when those things kind of went down And um, then, you know, obviously when the NBA, they were in talks of restarting and the bubble and it was, you know, conversations of how would it work? Could it work? And how would baseball work? So as the, it was little by little that it was trickling in, but it was enough that we had something. And then the rest was just like, you got to be creative, figure mm -hmm. it out. How are we going to do this? So, yeah. And, and I think that really it's, um, that's kind of cool, right? You, you really get the opportunity to do what you get to do, right? Like you get yeah. to now show your stuff because you were never cross our fingers, never going to have to do that again, hopefully. But yeah. now, right, you're starting to be able to say, well, I was able to do this. We were able to come through this. We were stronger for it. And now look at us. Now we have all these ideas that we can draw upon at any point in time, which I think is really cool. And and having that show, obviously, so you have your, your radio show, but you also do a lot of stuff here on the HMB channel. What was that like when, when I, I don't honestly know how you and Thomas or, or TPJ, as we all love to call them, like, I don't know how yeah. that relationship works. So was that something where you said, hey, like, I need to get back onto the camera? look at this. I need to be back on the camera using your words, of course. What was that like when someone, you went to him, he went to you and you're like, so I get to get in front of 2 million plus people, tell them my thoughts and make them smarter. Who the hell says no here? <laughs> so he actually found me. Um, I had started my YouTube channel. It was something that my mom was kind of pushing me to do for years. But you know, when you're working and you're working consistently and you're at the station every day and then you're doing events and things like that. It's really hard to dedicate time to mm -hmm. a channel. And I'm a type of person, if I can't give it quality, I don't want to do it just to have it there. You know, if it's not going to be up to my par um, when it comes to my quality of work. So mm -hmm. I kept pushing it off just because I didn't have the time to commit to it. When everything went down and everyone was forced home, you know, it was not so many long hours at the station anymore. Now it was really just doing the show and then you had all day and, you know, how long can you possibly work out? You know what I mean? So I really had the time to really focus on it. And I started doing videos and in the beginning, like it was like 50 views or 40 views. And it was part of it was kind of like frustrating because it's like you put so much effort into editing and filming and researching. I think people think that like, I just go on camera and then someone edits it. Like I edit all the videos, I do everything. So when Thomas approached me, probably like two months into my channel being up, and you know we had the couple, we had the few meetings that we had via Zoom. It just worked, you know, got my work out there to be seen by more people, which is ultimately the goal. And it allowed me to start building a brand outside of an existing company, which is iHeart. But it got me to kind of be able to be in a space where this is this is mine. This is just mine. And 
from there, it's been great because I've gotten to meet the whole team, you know, you, Pavi, um, you know, everybody, Daniel, you know, Chris, everybody in their own spaces have so much to contribute. And I've been able to not only collaborate with them, learn from them. So it's just been a really overall, a really great experience. That is awesome. I yeah. love it. I love it. Kudos. Congratulations. Thank Glad you, you. Fig- found the extra outlet. Now you're doing your <laughs> thing and now your videos, not 40 or 50 anymore. I can, uh, I can yeah. guarantee that they're in the thousands. So congratulations <laughs> on that. And so the last thing I do want to talk about, Ashley, yeah. uh, you've been breaking some news recently, which is pretty darn cool. And obviously, as you said, you're down in Miami and you, you've had the conversations with Pat Riley. I'm not going to say anything. I don't, I don't, think all this information is coming from Pat Riley, but you know, you no. don't have to shake your head. You don't have to shake your head. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Let the people, you know, let the mystery happen. Right. But what, it, what is that like? Like how, how do you develop that ability? Cause that's not something I feel like that just happens, right? You have to kind of know the right people to talk to, ask the right questions. Like, what's it like? I mean, you're kind of the, an insider now and I'm actually going to take the quotation marks away. You're an insider. now. You're getting information that other people don't know because you know, people on the inside. So what, what is that like? And, and was that a avenue you were trying to pursue? Did that kind of come to you? How, how did that eventually start to happen where you're just like, oh, I know some things that other people don't. Let me go tell, let me go tell the world about it. You know, when you start your career in one location and it grows in that same location, you have the ability and the blessing to be able to formulate and forge relationships with people who work here. And for me, one of those is with people within the Miami Heat organization. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand the fact I've been working in Miami since I was 18 years old. Like I went to college down here and I've graduated and I started my career here. So you start formulating, like I said, those relationships. And I wasn't really into the whole, you know, NBA rumor mill and breaking stories and things like that. I've been told information over the course of the past, you know, couple of years when I really started venturing into radio and started to really get a little bit more notoriety. And it just wasn't an arena I ever wanted to enter because there's so much information and there's so many rumors that transpire in the offseason and around free agency. And God forbid you're wrong it's like Armageddon. So Mm -hmm. I was like, this is not what I'm into. I really just want to tell stories. I really just want to share my opinions. And I realized that there weren't, you know, I had conversations, you know, the first story I I knew about Jimmy Butler coming to the heat a month before it happened. And I broke it on um, the radio. And and I'm sure it wasn't the first person to break it. I think there was somebody that may have like tweeted about it, but I think I was one of the first people to actually say it on air. And when it happened, I was like, everyone was like, oh my God, like this actually happened. Da, 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 da. But even after that, I wasn't interested in being like mm-hmm. an insider. And to this, and honestly, between us and everyone who's going to be watching yeah, this, a couple people watch like, this, I'm not, I'm still not interested in being like Waj or Shams or anybody like that. I think they're amazing at what they do and they're paid very well to do such. I like to just share information that I'm given that I think people will be interested in because I get a lot of stuff that I'm just kind of like, eh, mm, I don't, mm, that's not really worth it. The Giannis story was something I had to share with people mm-hmm. because everybody wants to know, you know, um, the stories about potentially Bradley Beal and Drew. I mean, there are certain things that I share. And then there are things that I get that I'm just, I just don't think are worth it. So I don't consider myself an insider, consider myself a reporter and a journalist. And if I get something that I think the fans deserve the right to know, I'll share it. Otherwise, I'm not interested in sources and sources and sources every other day. That's just not my thing. 
Yeah, and we've already we've as I said before, the Twitter is a pretty terrible place. It's a good place, yeah. but it's also an awful oh, place. And and yes. you're getting this information and you're sharing it with other people, yeah. and then people are attacking you. And it's like, dude, what are we doing here? Like, it's yeah. sources. None of this is a hundred percent. None of this is real until it happens. Like, this is what we're hearing. I don't know why no. this is. It's it creates a conversation. We can say that much. Um, and we appreciate you for doing what you do because I think it is yeah. pretty darn cool. I mean. How cool would it be if Giannis was on the Heat, right? It would like, be, that would it, be awesome. It would be amazing. And I think you made a really good point. I think people sometimes, the fans, and I get it because I not too long ago was not in a reporting position. I was mm -hmm. a fan. And you take things when you're a fan and you're so passionate about the team that you support. You sometimes take things, take things not with a grain of salt, but you take it and like, this is going to happen. So with the Giannis thing, you know, it could it could have changed within 48 hours from when, you know, I reported it. And it and within 48 hours of when I tweeted that out, it was reported somewhere someplace else that they expect him to sign the max. And now it's like, oh, now they don't know if he's gonna sign. I mean, it's constantly changing. And I think fans sometimes don't realize that a report is just that a report. And I'm not a you know, a mind reader, I'm not a psychic. I can only report what I am told, but things change. It happens constantly. I mean, we've seen it. If we go back all the way to like David Stern, when it was reported, Chris Paul was going to the Lakers. And then literally before the contract, yep. it's like, nope, that's not happening. Like it doesn't make you a liar. It doesn't make you a clout chaser, clout chaser. It doesn't make you, you know, just somebody who's trying to pull it. It's just, you're doing your job as a reporter. And sometimes it just does not happen that way. And, you know, it's, it's a crazy arena to deal with because I don't think men get it the way that I got it when that Giannis story broke. When that Giannis story broke, I the things that I were seeing being tweeted at me, I was like, you would think that I was saying it was happening tomorrow. Yeah. I said it's a possibility. It could. Like it's yeah, it's crazy. Again, Twitter's a terrible place. But you you do make a good point. Fan is short for fanatic, right? Like we're oh, crazy. Yeah. We're crazy. We're all crazy. That's just kind of how it goes. Um unnecessary shots i think we can agree on that but uh yeah it, it's you, you it's, it's as it's as if you spoke it into existence somehow when in reality it's just hey this is what i'm hearing i know some people that you don't and i thought you guys should you know just yeah hear, hear this out let's start a conversation <laughs> exactly. how cool would it be how bad would it be if you're a bucks fan how much fun would it be if you were a heat fan and you could see you know jimmy butler go up against you know with Giannis Antetokounmpo. that would be a lot of fun plus yeah. we get to say his name more often down in south yeah, yeah. Healthy. so I think that part that part's half the fun too but yeah no I think it's I think it's awesome and I guess you know what's what's next I mean not in terms of breaking news but like where <laughs> where are you trying to get to when do you get your own tv show when do you get your own radio show that you get to call I mean you have all in obviously on the HMB media page where you're most likely watching this now yeah. but where is what's that next I guess hurdle what are you trying to jump over next my goal is really the next five years to be on national television or a, a national platform in some, in some set where I'm able to tell stories. That's really my ultimate goal. I love telling stories and I love being able to peel back layers of athletes who are really sometimes only seen by wins and losses. And I think the beautiful thing about sports is that there's so many layers underneath just what you see on Sunday or Thursday or Wednesday or whatever sport you're watching and whatever day it's on. And for me, telling stories has always been my favorite part. So I would love to be in a space where I can tell stories, but I would also love to 
you know, one of my dreams has always been to host like First Take or Undisputed, but while doing that, also have the platform, like I said, to tell the stories of the athletes and just not report on the news about them because they're still people. And mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons I got into journalism was because I really love telling stories about people. And I love telling stories about their past experiences and why they are where they are today and how, you know, their mind works and how their feelings are. And I think when you kind of, when you're able to humanize people in a different way, it changes the way that the general public looks at them. And I think that with athletes that we need more of that. We need more of journalists who are willing to tell the stories of what they do and who they are outside of the sport that they play. And that's really my ultimate goal is to be in the position to do that. I love that. And I'm very yeah. excited for when you get there because clearly nothing stopped you yet. So I don't expect uh, <laughs> anything else to Ashley, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing Thank a little you. bit about yourself with us. Where can everybody find you on the internet? If they uh, want to yell mean things, I know uh, I'm kidding. Where can everybody <laughs> find you on the internet? Because they want to see the great information and the good content that you're putting out. They can follow me at Ash Nicole Moss on Twitter and Instagram. And I do tweet back and engage as much as I can, as long as it's like, you know, civil. nice and decent and civil. Um, I'm not getting into Twitter debates anymore. <laughs> um, no, no. Yeah, Twitter's not, not the place. Can't, yeah, can't do that. But um, yeah, I, I try to like engage as much as possible because I remember, you know, when I was in high school and you tweet at some of the people you see on TV or YouTube or wherever it is, and they don't respond to you and you feel like, you know, you want something, you want to get it out, you want to be heard and you want to be seen. And I don't think that I'm different or better than anyone. I just have a slightly bigger platform, but that doesn't mean that other people, fans and people who don't, don't have the right to be heard. So I try to engage as much as possible. I love that. And it's yeah. a well-deserved platform, well-deserved thank platform. You. But thank you so much again, Ashley Nicole, sports, television, and radio host, All In With Ashley Nicole, here on the HMB Media YouTube page, as well as iHeartRadio weekdays at 3 o'clock, The Greek Zone. Ashley, appreciate the heck out of your time today. Thank you.